It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. Cast of Inside the Game Cox, the show. I know I've got to fade that music out. That's my bad. I'm JC Sherbert. He's Phil Mullinax. Uh, this is day one of what I believe will be a beautiful journey uh, through the land of uh, daily Gamecock streaming. Phil, I want you to know uh, that countdown we put up at the beginning uh, with the county that got me a little fired up, man. That got me a little fired up right into the intro. I like that. That's uh, like it's called our version of 2000. Uh, and one, we are streaming live right on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, going to be doing it for two hours uh, each and every day, Monday through Friday. I had some dress rehearsals earlier this week. Uh, and then for those of you that do listen to the podcast in podcast format, it'll always be available on iTunes. Uh, well, they call it. I, I, I hate that because I always correct myself on that. It's Apple podcast now, uh, kind of like I still call uh meta facebook it, it'll always be facebook to me uh but that's just the a show in our age. we're just uh, avoiding that change yeah we're <laughs> like the, the television the that 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 box with pictures on it that the picture box there oh my phones but uh <laughs> it's uh it's one of those things where you know we keep up with it. but uh you can get it on apple pods you can get it on spotify uh just like everybody always used to uh, it's just a little longer format, so there's more of it, and uh, it'll be archived there uh, each and every day uh, right after uh, we break from here. Uh, sort of modeled for those of you that like the JB and Goldwater show, and uh, we certainly were big fans ourselves, sort of the, sta- the same kind of model where you can get it, uh, you know, here, there, and yonder uh, if you if you need uh, to get in, uh, you know, on that format and you miss the live stream, because I know not everybody can do it or you have uh, different things to do. A little bit of house cleaning. Uh, hour number one is uh, brought to you by Cindy Searfoss, realtor for Caldwell Banker Kane Real Estate uh, up in Greenville. Uh, certainly, uh, many of you have reached out to Cindy and, and used her advertising, or I'm sorry, her real estate uh, expertise up in Greenville. Going to throw that number out for you, 864-414-5271 if you need real estate help in the upstate of South Carolina. Uh, she's been there over 35 years, married to a diehard Gamecock fan. Uh, catch her commercials uh, throughout this show um, once we get, you know, those completely built out. But uh, we we did want to say thanks to Cindy uh, for sponsoring our number one. Well, Phil, this was always a day when I started the BigSpur.com maybe back in 07, right? I always look forward to this day, uh, the media day, uh, the gaggle, if you will, because just about every player is available or many players are available to, to do one-on-ones with. Uh, Shane Beamer's out there talking all day uh, with TV, giving exclusives. Uh, you know, they're, I think they're out there in their uniforms uh, doing pictures and stuff. I know when I played football, I, I kind of enjoyed picture day because it was a, a day off from working out, right? <laughs> but uh, but that's at South Carolina today, and then uh, you know I kind of miss it, but uh, I, I do think there'll be you know some interesting uh, points of conversation. It's usually sometimes when we find out about injuries and uh, things like that. But uh, you know, so so it's kind of football practice is starting. Um, uh, it's uh, 
a season, I think, Phil, when, when you look at it, uh, I think with the Gamecock fans, uh, there's some cautious optimism. Uh, right. I, I think that oh, from my standpoint, uh, I've kind of gotten caught with being cautiously optimistic just because, you know, uh, this is a team that, uh, you know, people seem to be afraid to kind of get behind uh, a little bit. Uh, and then the national media, I don't think, you know, they, they may have taken the time to look into South Carolina or whatever, but uh, I, I just don't know that, you know, they're it's tough because I hear a lot of them say a lot of good things about the, the roster and, oh, they're going to be better. But it seems to me sometimes feel like, you know, they have their favorite teams, you know, that they get behind. And I'm not talking about being fans of a team. Uh, I'm talking when you're in that business, you sort of, hype up, you know, who am I going to hype this off season? Right. right. Um, and, and everybody's got their opinion. So I think a lot of, you know, a lot of them maybe overlooked the Gamecocks with the exception of the guys from the SEC network and SEC media days. No, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Nationally. I mean, you know, we, we aren't necessarily as relevant as we need to be. So we just need to continue to build that. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head with relevance. I think that, you know, a lot of times you can get relevant, by winning games uh, in a certain manner, you know, but you can also get relevant uh, by other things. <laughs> uh, recruiting, <laughs> recruiting certainly helps uh, and all that good stuff. But I think that the win part of it, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's one of those deals where, you know, Will Muschamp won some games at South Carolina's first three years, right? Did he, in your opinion, uh, and I'm talking first three in his fourth year, he got a very big win at yeah, Georgia. Right. Uh, but I don't, it, it was like every time they got to the point where they could do the, the, the get the so, uh, so-called breakthrough win, they fell flat on their face. So you get the rug pulled out from under you. I mean, it's, you know, yeah. <laughs> you uh, yeah, suffer. No, it happened time and time again. And I've said mm -hmm. this before, you know, starting with the 2017 Kentucky game, uh, you know, Carolina sitting there at two and oh. Uh, they beat a good NC State squad, went on the road, waxed Missouri. You, you come home, you're playing the Kentucky Wildcats. It's blacked out. Uh, you score on the first play of the game. You get an interception, uh, the uh, first offensive play for Kentucky, right? Uh, and then they just proceed to bleed the life out of you for the rest of the game and ended up winning. Now, now that team recovered and went on and won nine games. Uh, but, but, you know, that was an opportunity, Phil, at home, at night, uh, you know, to, to not necessarily even a signature win because nobody's going to sit there. And uh, at that point, I, I don't I don't know what Kentucky finished that season. I think I think they were in a bowl like seven and six. But but nobody's going to sit there and go, hey, you guys are really good because you beat Kentucky. Here's some cigars. You know, I mean, it, it just doesn't it just doesn't happen that way. Um, and so. You know, still, though, that was an opportunity, I think, to get rolling. I, I think the Clemson game later that year, I talked about it yesterday, uh, about the, the, the worst game ever for Kurt Roper was his last because, you know, he's just running the ball down by four touchdowns in the second half with, like, oodles of time left. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that was a game they fell on their face. Uh, you know, the collapse at Florida in 2018. Uh, the game against Georgia in early in 2018, if, if you remember – uh, a lot of people thought the Gamecocks, uh, if they could beat Georgia in that second game of the season in 2018 at home, um, 
that they could win the East. I mean, they were talking about, you know, Carolina yep. winning the East, you know, because they had gone from three wins to six wins to nine. And uh, I thought that team could win 11. I picked them to win 11. Like uh, oh, maybe, yeah. maybe that's why I'm not, uh, I, I'm not staying away from record predictions, right? Because I, 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 that, that's one I didn't live down. But, you know, that, that, that second game right there on CBS, uh, Gamecocks or play Georgia. And then it's a, it's a close game. And then, you know, there's some drop passes, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there in the fourth quarter. It's 41 to 10, Georgia. Uh, and I think that 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 at that particular time, I think that's when reality kind of smacked a lot of Gamecock fans in the face. Uh, because prior to that point, you know, you, you're coming off of Spurrier. Yeah, there was a bad year under Spurrier, but you know, Muschamp, you know, got him to a bowl the first year with a a really a terrible uh, overall roster situation. Uh, they won nine the next year. You know, they got rid of Roper. In, in comes Brian McClendon to take over. They had won the, the game against Michigan uh, in the Outback Bowl uh, to get everybody fired up. Uh, and then all of a sudden, it's a swell. I call I called that game the sweltering smackdown, right? Uh, C, CBS, Georgia in town, 100 degrees on the field, right? Uh, Vernon, I think Vernon, Gary, or maybe it's Brad Nessler uh, had taken over for Vernon by then. Uh, I'm at the dive bar in Atlanta, which is where we had some watch parties uh, at the time. It's packed. I'm sweltering uh, myself. But, um, you know, all of a sudden it, it was just disaster. And then that team, you know, recovered pretty nicely, uh, although their defense got depleted, ended up uh, beating Ole Miss on the road in a, in a thriller, uh, came back and beat Tennessee. All right, so everybody's about to get happy again. And all of a sudden, boom, there comes Florida. Uh, of yep. the, col- the collapse in the swamp, which and, and then and then you know getting getting waxed by Virginia and, and Charlotte, and then getting beat by North Carolina and Charlotte in the first game of the next year. Uh, those types of things dampen hope, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and 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 so I say all that to say this: I I think really there was only one example of that last year under Shane Beamer. Uh, where you're just sitting there going, my goodness, I mean, they're falling flat on their face. Uh, every, you know, legitimate opportunity they have. And, and I'm going to, you know, transition to a next, another topic here uh, by saying this. I, I, I only thought there was one game where I went, ah, what a what a missed opportunity. Uh, and that was Missouri. Um, you know, Kentucky was a very frustrating loss last year. But you're coming off waxing Florida where the whole country is talking about not you, but how bad Florida is. <laughs> uh, and that stinks. And, you know, Missouri wasn't all that good on defense. So, so if you, if you go out there and, you know, beat them pretty good, you know, and then come back home and beat Auburn, you're, you're sort of on a roll. Uh, but that disappointment really lasted, I think only a week because Carolina did come back and beat Auburn. Um, and, and I know some people will say, well, what about the Clemson game? Uh, you know, I was very disappointed with how the Carolina defense played in that football game. Um, I mean, really, especially against the run. I mean, I, you know, I, I would have probably just maybe put nine in the box in that game or so. I don't know. I say, yeah, please, no, please nobody like repeat that. Okay. Cause that sounds idiotic. JC Sherbert said to put nine in the box against Clemson, you'll beat him. <laughs> no, no, I'm not saying that. Um, no. I was just kind of you know, saying something about, you know, maybe maybe just sell out to stop the run against those guys and see what happens. Uh, I've seen, I saw some teams do it last year with success. 
But, uh, you know, I, I just don't think South Carolina could match up very well on offense at all. And you, and you, you also consider, Phil, in that Clemson game, Josh Van was dealing with a, a, a hamstring issue. Yeah, he's you, yeah. Just, oh, yeah. you just, you know, you, you're kind of banged up by then. And I, I just don't think anything about South Carolina's offense versus Clemson's defense last year uh, was in favor of the Gamecocks uh, at all. Uh, and, and so I, I don't, ch- I, that, that's frustrating because I do feel at some point, you know, you feel like you're watching the same Clemson South Carolina game over and over again every year. Um, uh, you know, cause that 34 to 10, I talked about in 17, uh, is similar to the 38 to three and 19 and the 30 to nothing. I mean, that's just, they're the same game. It's like yep. Groundhog Day. And <laughs> that movie with, with uh, Ned. Landers, you know, like, put your tiny hand in mine. You know, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, uh, I was reading something about Groundhog Day the other day. I felt like that Bill Murray uh, thought it was a great script, like the best script he'd ever had. But he was like an extreme pain in the butt to work with um, oh. during that movie and and all that. And you know, because I, I think it's kind of in vogue now to trash Bill Murray these days uh, behind the scenes. Uh, oh no! But, uh, <laughs> behind the uh, yeah, and apparently they uh, they didn't get she didn't he didn't get along with Andy McDowell at all. Uh, speaking of Andy McDowell, I saw her at the Maurice's barbecue about twenty years ago uh, in Irmo on my way to a football game. <laughs> Doesn't we, she uh, have connections to South Carolina? Or she's from here, or I think she's uh, from Gaffney. She's from Gaffney. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, mm-hmm. actually distantly related to like uh, a girl I dated in high school um, from who has roots in, uh, in Gaffney. And I know we have a lot of, a lot of good folks that listen up in Gaffney too, up in Cherokee County. So uh, yeah, I, I believe she's from Gaffney. And uh, so that, that's probably why she was in South Carolina, but it's one of those things, you know, you, you didn't have cell phones back then. So I couldn't like, Andy, can you give me a selfie? All right. You know? Um, and uh, we were on our way to the game anyway. So it was, it was kind of, I think it was 01, 02. But I'll never forget that. But anyway, it's like Groundhog Day with those Clemson games. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, you know, especially at home the last few years. Uh, and so that, so that brings me to kind of the topic I want to broach today, or one of them. Uh, you know, you look at Carolina's schedule this year, Phil. Are there any games that, you know, because I mentioned, like, South Carolina essentially last year on, on offense against Clemson's defense had no shot. Zero. None. No, wasn't going to happen. Um I mean, the only thing uh, that could have happened, and, and I picked Carolina to win because I thought, you know, Clemson just had had some games where they turned it over on offense. I thought, well, Carolina get a short field, uh, do this, do that. And, boy, I was I was just wrong. I mean, completely wrong because, you know, Carolina wasn't – it didn't matter if they had a short field. They weren't going very far. No, you know, like no, Spur, no. Spurs, Spurs say, well, we didn't go very far there, you know. <laughs> uh, but uh, – you know, so so you talk about that. So so you, you look at the schedule this year, uh, and I, I see you know it's easy to sit there and go uh, and just say Georgia, A and M, Clemson. You know, those are the three. There's no way Carolina can win, uh, even though two are at home. Um, I don't know that. You know, and again, it's on paper. You know, they, they're starting to they start to practice today. We, we all know injuries are, are going to happen at some point to somebody. Uh, it's part of the game, uh, so you have to see how that shakes out. But, you know, they're starting practice day. But, but on paper, 
I, I just don't know, and I even hate to say this, I don't know that there's a game on the schedule that you go, no chance. No. Uh, but, 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 you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. So I, I don't know what, uh, what you may think. Well, I think, you know, a lot of people are just, you know, blindly saying the Georgia game is one that was like, oh, yeah, chalk that up as an L, you know, but you're catching that team early and they're going to have to, you know, they're going to be feeling their way through this, uh, you know, and so I think you're going to get them at the right time. Uh, you know, if you're talking about just kind of eh, scary games, you know, the Arkansas game is one, but uh, it, it but I think that's the real test for us on the offensive side of the ball is, are we going to be able to start putting up enough points to beat a team like that, that we know is going to score points? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly with Arkansas. And I, and I, you know, it's the run defense and you know, this game is so simple sometimes Phil. It's like, it's the mm. run defense. Yeah. People ask me, well, what's it going to take to beat Arkansas? Well, you know, first I, I, I think Arkansas has a lot of momentum, you know, they, they're kind of in year, year three of their new coach. Uh, with, with Sam Pittman, and whereas Beamer's in year two. But remember what Pittman did in year two. He took a team, you know, during the pandemic that wasn't supposed to win any games, and he won three, kind of like Beamer. And, and, you, and you have to do that all relatively because um, it, it's like, uh, you know, people say, well, Carolina only won two games in 2020. But, yeah, but they played – they played 10 SEC games. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's your, you know, go look at the conference records. Right. Um, and, and so I look at it kind of like uh, Arkansas, they did kind of similar to what South Carolina did in their first year. Nobody's expecting it. Uh, people were wondering how long that losing streak would last. Nobody was celebrating the Sam Pittman hire, even though Kendall Browse on offense, Barry Odom on defense, you can't really beat that, you know? And I thought, wow, that guy's got some good coordinators. And I've always thought, he was one of the best recruiters and O-line coaches in the country. So, you know, he got ahead of schedule. And, and, and so, so for Carolina fans and the people that are worried like, oh, well, uh, they're in year three and, and, and whatever, think about this. Think about this. Okay. His second year, how they started, beat Texas, beat Texas A&M, uh, and then two other, started 4-0 uh, and, and beat their border rivals. Um in the first, you know, that they weren't expected to beat. Uh, ended up going nine and four, beating LSU, uh, another border rival. Missouri, another border rival. Arkansas borders a lot of states, really. Hmm. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that's right, JC. Why, Bill? Uh, you know, and uh, it, it, you know, it, but they ended up having a really good year, right? And getting off to a great start. They, they surpassed expectations where the talk of college football for a while. So I'll tell Gamecock fans this your second year, you know, there's no reason why Carolina can't make a jump. I, I think that when you talk about uh, the weaknesses of last year's team, though, the things that need to be improved, that you look at the matchup, Phil, and that's what makes that game scary. It's like uh, Carolina could not stop the run last nope. year. Arkansas runs the ball, and they have a big old quarterback that can run and throw in K.J. Jefferson. They got a big – yeah, you know, their mascots the hogs, right? They're, they're the hogs up front. They're very, they're very physical, extremely physical up front. Extremely physical. Um, and uh, and and then defensively, they lost a lot of players, but they have you know one of my favorite uh, names in all of college football, Bumper Pool, uh, at linebacker, <laughs> right. and and all that. So um, it, it, they have some pieces in place back there. You know, Catalan's good. They they they, they did lose some guys, but they. 
they may be sneaky. And, and Odom, of course, is a really good D coordinator, even though he's like a about as exciting as a pet rock as a head coach. Right, Very, right. He, he's just a ball coach, man. And that's fine. I, yeah, people like people that have that personality are sometimes great to coach ball, but you know, as your head coach, if you're not winning, uh, I know that's why now, now Missouri's got a little uh, smack talker. Eli Drinkwitz, he's like the guy that hangs out at the driving range and he can drive really good. He just sits there and talks smack all day. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Pounds Miller lights and, and just gets, you know, I don't know. Well, let's uh, not talk about our short game. Yeah, yeah, no good <laughs> short game at all. All right. Uh, want to, uh, want to uh, get to now. Okay. So uh, the, the Nana's Porch chat line, Phil. Mm-hmm. The Nana's Porch chat line. Uh, you guys are going to love Nana's Porch and you're going to get hungry hearing me talk about it. We got a, a great commercial uh, hooked up for, uh, for, for Chris at Nana. Uh, Nana's porch uh, catered the, uh, the Vicksburg golf tournament. Uh, just really good, uh, people, good folks, uh, can help you with all your, uh, catering needs and, uh, go to Nana's porch.com. I believe that's the, well, uh, I can't pull up the web- website right now. Uh, I think it's Nana's porch.com, uh, hit, hit up Chris and we'll have more information for you on that, but they're going to sponsor the chat line. So Phil, what do we have there? Oh, I'm going to show you the best one that we've had so far, and then we'll cover some of the other ones right there. Thanks, Jamie. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I'm telling you, man. I, I got the I got the Wolfman Jack haircut going on. Right there. <laughs> yeah, Wolfman definitely. Jack, yeah. Yeah, so, well, let's see. They're asking if we're interacting with comments, so definitely we're going to get there. Thanks for all the first episode well wishes. Let's see here. Let's see. Here we go. We got. Let's go. If the punters there don't punt, yeah. Well, <laughs> if the punters hurt, don't punt. Yeah, no doubt, Lance. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, if the punters there don't punt. Like, uh, so William says, uh, yeah, Lance player. If the punter is hurt, don't punt. Uh, yeah, that uh, that high school coach, remember, never punted. Um, I think, and I think he was the head coach at PC for a while too. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's it. William says Bieber is a coach's coach and people's person. He is, man. Yeah, everybody, yeah. everybody uh, that works for him loves coming in the building. Uh, they have a lot of fun as a staff. Uh, he's, you know, that word demanding sometimes uh, yeah. comes up and it scares people. But I, I think the word I'm looking for, for based on my feedback, is accountability. Everybody's held accountable, uh, and and that's the in any organization, you know, in any you know leadership role, you have to do that. So he is, and he takes time to to get out and talk to the fans. Um, I've never had anyone say, you know, like some other coaches that have been here, uh, and not even Will. Not I'm not talking about Will Muschamp. I'm talking about the the Hall of Famers that they had. Right. You know, like Coach, why can't you sign my bowl of grits? You know, or something, and. You know, he's not, he won't sign your, your bowl of grits or, or your, your baby's back or whatever. And so people get upset. They're like, but oh, you know, uh, you know, but uh, Beamer signs everything. Uh, and so I think that's, uh, I think that's pretty cool uh, on his part. Never had anything bad uh, about him. Macadino podcast. Uh, always like for you, you know, always happy when you guys chime in, certainly. Uh, and I uh, want to thank you for coming on the Nana Sports chat line. Alex, first episode, Gamecock football is in the air. John Thompson, congratulations mm-hmm. on the official number one episode. Ed McGinnis, my man. He says, thanks doing that, for doing this. I miss JB and Goldfinger. <laughs> 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 uh, 
my man Woodley, football's in the air. Uh, and okay, so to our point, uh, Will says on the chat line, "Beat Arkansas mm-hmm. in week two, then people will start talking." And right. I agree. It, it, mm-hmm. And it's not, it's not, it's not that that'll completely shock me. Because look, man, mm-hmm. I don't. Again, on paper, on paper, I don't know that Arkansas is dramatically superior to South Carolina. If you if you look at the players, I just think that. We haven't seen a lot of these guys make plays for for South Carolina. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like like Juice Juice Wells has made some plays. Spencer oh, Rattler, yeah. Spencer Rattler's made some plays, right? Corey Rucker plays. Corey yeah, Rucker's I mean, made know. some plays, just not for <laughs> South Carolina. And so, right. um, you know, so I think, and I, I tell you what, uh, you know, and I've said this, and I'll say this all August. You're going to get sick of hearing me saying it. <laughs> We're going to find out about that run defense quickly yep. because you've got basically App State and their run game coming in with Georgia State. Then yeah, you have one. Arkansas and the Browse offense, Kendall Browse offense, and then you got Georgia. I mean, th- three very distinct running games, but very effective ones. Uh, so you're gonna find out. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna find out pretty quick if this team can stop the run. But because so many people have kind of rallied behind Arkansas this offseason and talked about them, you know, I think the game cast go out there and knock them off. It, it mm-hmm. may it, it'll probably lead to a little more attention than it should. Be prepared for everybody to go. Oh man, it's a miracle. And right. it's, it's not a miracle, right? It's not a miracle at all. But uh it, be prepared for people to go, oh man, this is a good deal. Um, so that's uh that's the deal there. All right, so we go, keep going on on the Nana's porch uh chat line here. Uh a lot of stuff like there. Yeah, we interact with comments. Um uh, William says never did like Must Champ, but I was hoping they would go after Charlie Strong. Hmm. Charlie was uh, at Texas at the time. I, I think he probably would have. Uh, I don't know. Would he have taken it? Would he have I don't left even know Texas? If they seen that. Yeah, I, I don't know. You know, and uh, so I, I. That's interesting. Think about that search. I don't know. You know, and it, Charlie ended up at South Florida and got fired from there. Unfortunately, yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, keep going on. We got a lot, a lot of comments about Arkansas here. Rodney says, wow, I didn't know JC had a show and uh, about to spread the word. Bingo, JC, they're going to. Uh, okay, so Rodney says that. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Um, here on the Nana's Porch chat line, as my boy from Nana's Church, Parrot Porch just texted me. Thank you. Thank you for being a sponsor. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and then, uh, you know, Gamecock Pastor checks in. always appreciate that. Uh, and Russ makes a good point. And we'll, we'll go back to the chat line here in a minute. You guys continue to chat. He goes, to be honest, all we can do is see improvement. It takes time, and Beamer is the man. And, uh, you know, to that point, we'll wrap it up, and we're actually going to have a commercial break. This is something that I got to get used to, fellas, and ladies and gents, <laughs> is commercial breaks again. Because um, I just usually just get on it and go. Uh, Russ is a, a very honest uh, has a very, very honest take here. Uh, I agree uh, I think in my mind, uh, when I think about the building process at South Carolina and kind of where they were, where they need to go, uh, we know that that's not always linear. We know that that's not always, depending on what kind of roster you inherit. And Shane didn't inherit a, a roster that was just like a barren wasteland of talent like Muschamp did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you know, barren wasteland of talent, you're like, well, there's, must have inherited Debo Samuel, and he, he inherited Sky Moore, and he inherited uh, Hayden Hurst, who, who's in the NFL, and uh, all that. Yeah, true. Uh, but, not, 
you add it up, there was like 18 guys <laughs> that could play. And I, I was told that by a member of the former staff, quite honestly. Uh, you know, the former staff, the Spurrier staff, right? There are 18 guys on this roster that can play in the SEC uh, at a high level. 18. Uh, and, and then um, after the Muschamp and those guys took over, if you notice, I, th- I think I think there were about 22 players that left. And I think most of them, like 19 of them, never played football again. Like right. just yeah. they just didn't just catch on anywhere else. So mm-hmm. uh, that, that's kind of crazy. So um, that's the deal there. And, and Nail has a uh, Nail. Sorry, sorry, now not Nail. Nail. Hey. <laughs> Uh, he says, what record accomplishment would it take to take recruiting to the next level, i.e. annual top 15 classes? We're going to talk about recruiting, uh, and, and it may not take much, <laughs> um, you know, uh, as far as where they're at now versus, you know, winning and getting going. I, I think NIL money uh, is going to be an important part of it uh, moving forward uh, in terms of what the university does, what places like Carolina Rise do, my collective Uh I think that's important. Uh, by the way, look for a big announcement in the next 24 hours from Carolina Rise. I'm just going to drop oh, it yeah. right there. Uh, you know, I think that's going to be important, but, uh, you know, winning is going to be a big part of it and maintaining the culture is too. There, there's really that. But back to the what I was saying before that about the linear motion of a build, right? Okay, so we know sometimes, you know, it, it, it goes up and depending on what you inherit. Right. It it, it can it can be straight up like Sam Pittman. Right. Uh, Like Muschamp did first uh, two seasons up. Uh, But, you know, then but then it it dips, you know, Steve Spurrier's third uh, team didn't go to a bowl, lost five straight games. So, you know, seven, his worst team, I thought was 08. I thought that was kind of a. Uh, a really limited uh, outfit in 08, right? Uh, and, and then they recruited, kept recruiting, and kept going, and, and away we go. Uh, so my point is, you know, my expectations for this year two team under Beamer are higher than they will be for year three. You know, right. when I don't know who's coming back, who's all the schedule's different, whatever. Um, I, I think that as we see the, the must-champ era players cycle out because uh, they are out of eligibility or whatever, um, this is a chance to have a veteran team that you may not have down the road because of COVID, because of the extra year, all that. Uh, this is a chance to have, uh, you know, a, a, a veteran group with a lot of good players on it have a pretty, really good season and get on the roll. Uh, I don't have those expectations right now looking down the road for 2023, but you never know what's going to happen. All right. Going to take a break uh, again. I want to thank Cindy Searfoss uh, from Caldwell Banker Kane for sponsoring the first hour of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Uh, and so we're going to pay some bills here. I told you guys we had a lot more sponsors. <laughs> I've been like, wow, man. It's like we're running out of things to sell. It's like we're going to sell like uh, my hat, my hat, my, my visor, and, and Phil's dome. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Phil's Dome is brought to you by Edge's Cars. <laughs> uh, you know, so anyway, uh, really appreciate uh, all you guys also hanging out with us on the Nana's Porch chat line. This is Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We'll be right back. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? 
Does he take forever to call you back and respond to your request? Are you paying him good money to keep things working, but there are still constant problems, slowness, and other recurring issues? Are you worried he's not backing up and securing your network? And does your head hurt from having all these issues to deal with? If this describes you, please be sure to call my good friend Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital at 843-664-8989. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in safely securing and managing your business IT network. Whether you have one employee or 500, Heritage will make sure that your business isn't bogged down by IT issues impacting your security, productivity, and most importantly, your profits. Heritage Digital will perform a no-cost IT assessment and ask you all the right questions to make sure your IT network works correctly all the time, and it's for one low monthly fee. This is a turnkey solution, folks. And with clients from South Carolina to California, Heritage has you covered. So if you're sick and tired of the constant computer and network issues, call Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital today at 843-664-8989 and get rid of all the issues negatively impacting your business once and all and forever. 843-664-8989, heritagedigital.com. And we're back. I know everybody that uh, was a big fan of the podcast uh, loves the Heritage Digital ad. Uh, We're going to be redoing that. (laughs) Just for... (laughs) Just for old time's sake, you know, I was like, ah, they're like, they're going to miss the, they're going to miss the heritage digital ad at the top of the show. So we better get that in early, Phil, uh, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> looking, looking for my audience. Like, so that's, uh, that's awesome. But, um, you know, speaking of JB and Goldwater, my man, Jamie Bradford want to just say, uh, thank you, uh, for the shout out on Twitter this morning it means the world to me. Uh, and he's also, uh, jumped into the, the Nana's Porch chat box. But we maybe we should call it the chat box. The chat, chat box, box. Yeah. Or the cock box. Or the cock box. <laughs> Nana's Porch cock box. That sounds like a, a wing and a thigh to me. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my, bone, my bones. My bones. Oh, y'all, y'all are going to love the Nana's Porch commercial. We've scripted it. And it's got characters and stuff. Uh, we may maybe do like a mini series on Nana's Porch. Uh, so Jamie goes, what, one of the biggest questions in 22 is their performance on the road. It's not necessarily about getting off to a good start each game, but not getting off to an awful one. This is something, uh, this is why Jamie Bradford's a genius, that, that not a lot of people have been talking about, Phil. Mm-hmm. Performance away from home last year left a lot to be desired. Yes. Uh, they basically went into Georgia, Tennessee, uh, the larger stadiums they went into and got swallowed up. Uh, now there are different reasons for for that in those games. I mean, Georgia, heck, I, yeah. I don't I don't know that when you look back on it, Carolina's offense didn't play uh, pretty well. Decent uh, game against, against that against that <laughs> bunch. Up I mean, against. Yeah, yeah, they, they scored thirteen and covered the spread. So I don't, I don't know that wasn't that bad. A uh, and M was just a mismatch from the start. I think what Carolina with five yards in the third quarter, something like that. Uh, yeah, it was just yeah, uh, overwhelming. And, and then Tennessee, I, I think that the lesson there, obviously, uh, for those of you that that wonder how in the world do you stop an offense that's going that fast, you you combat that with your your with your offense. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Clemson under Chad Morris uh, when they were really going up and down the field on people, and, and Carolina was routinely beating them. Uh, if you look at the time of possession in those games. Spur didn't go out there and try to like tit for tat, gun for gun them. 
Uh, he would, he would, con- you know, he'd run the ball. Connor Shaw would keep it for first downs. Uh, clock, 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 clock. And then, right. you know, Carolina's defense at that point was good enough to force three and outs. Uh, I think even more so than, than, than maybe those Clemson teams, Tennessee is a is a lot like, you know, and I think Josh Heupel's evolved on offense from what he was at Missouri. But it's a lot like those Missouri teams where you have to you have to stifle their momentum. They got off to a great start against everybody in the country this past year. Everybody. Georgia, Bama, uh, everybody. But it what seemed you, like we were one of the only teams that couldn't take advantage of their second half collapse, right? Yeah, we were. We, we had, even, even Carolina came back and, and pulled within 18. You got to counterpunch, and you got to counterpunch with your offense. Uh, and, and, and when Carolina, when it was down 14, nothing, here they go. Kevin Harris breaks off some runs. They get inside the two and well, we know, what play, running the ball. We, know we know what plays were called. So, uh, so, so different things happen, but, but Jamie's point is, is legit because yeah, the, the, the three road games, all bad starts, all blowout losses. And, uh, that's maybe something that doesn't get talked about enough is, is, uh, you know, performance in away games. And they're obviously going to have an away game <laughs> week two. So uh, that kind of thing. So anyway. Uh, but beyond that one, the next one's Kentucky, which is one that I think is, you know, is one of emphasis. It's like you, we can win in Lexington. <laughs> yeah. They just hadn't done it. And right. Last time they won the Lexington was 2012. My gosh. Mm-hmm. And even in that game, Kentucky was, uh, was not a, let's just say they were not a stellar football team that, that, that year. They ended up, um, gosh, uh, they were up 17 7 and a half. And I think Spurrier second half just gave it to Marcus Lattimore like 127 times. And uh, it was 38 17. So that's uh, that's very exciting. Uh, there, uh, all right. So media days later today out of the stadium, uh, we just kind of went through the schedule and talked about. Some games that were maybe, you know, are, are there any games that I don't have a shot at? In my 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 opinion is no. Uh, Jamie did bring bring up a good point uh, on the chat line about road games uh, because that that kind of got lost on last year. Yeah, they struggled to beat East Carolina on the road. I mean, it, it was just one of those things. But I think, you know, you look at the teams that that they didn't match up well against last year, uh, Georgia. You know, I, I keep hearing, uh, oh, well, they're going to be fine. They're going to be this. They're going to be that. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that, man, I think that, you know, you, you lose that much talent that gets drafted. I, I don't know how any team, you know, just automatically keeps on rolling, you know. And and, and we had Phil Steele on uh, J.C. and Morgan yesterday. And he said, oh, yeah, well, they only gave up 10 points a game last year. This year I projected them to give up 16. I, I just don't know how realistic that is. Uh, they're talking about running a four-tight-end offense down there. I mean, I'm like, that's groovy and all, and, and I like tight ends. But uh, what are you going to do when, you know, you need to go vertical uh, like they did against Bama uh, with uh, very – it was masterful what they did, really, because they picked on a corner that was out there. So – you know, well, you know that, according that's, to Kirby, we're all sleeping on Stetson Bennett, though. <laughs> I, you know, I, everybody, everybody, I, 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 maybe. I mean, you know, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, knowing, knowing Kirby and Muschamp and those guys down there, you know, they 
the walk-on will remain the quarterback until the walk-on gets beat out. And then if anybody screws up, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, if anybody screws up, it's a, um, it's going back to the walk-on, you know, it, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So that's good. Uh, you know, I look at A&M and, and we had Phil Steele on and he talked about A&M having a bunch of talent. Well, A&M only returns four on one side of the ball, five on another. Uh, I think they're going to be better at quarterback. Uh, I think if it's Haynes King, if it's Max Johnson, it's probably going to be Max Johnson. Uh, I think they're, they're both better than uh, the kid that left that went to Auburn. Um, yeah, I think they are going to be talented, but, you know, people, people, I think around Gamecock land, because they've struggled so much with A&M, just think A&M's this unbeatable, you know, impenetrable force of, of agginess, right? Uh, and they, they, you know, but you look at their results against everybody else, you know, that, that they, like Mississippi State does not sweat Texas A&M. Nope. <laughs> uh, they don't sweat them. Ole Miss doesn't sweat A&M. Uh, I, I think I think in time Jimbo will probably build them into a national power, and they had a great recruiting class. But man, this isn't basketball. You you have to you have to uh, develop, uh, especially on the D line. They lost all of those good defensive linemen uh, that were excellent, you know, uh, last year that stuffed the Gamecocks, uh, and they have to come to Columbia. So I, I you know, the, the schedule is going to change. A and M's coming off. Uh, as the permanent opponent once expansion happens, obviously. Uh, but I think if Carolina wants to get them, uh, Carolina will be coming off an open date. They'll be also A&M will too. They're, A&M's got Bama two weeks before. That's obviously going to be an emotional game, right? <laughs> uh, with Nick Saban and Jimbo. You think, you, you think he's God, don't you? You think he's God. He's not God. It's Jimbo Fisher. He's not God. He's not God. Yeah, you got to say it quick. Yeah, Jimbo (laughs) Fisher. uh, To to be from West Virginia, you know, Jimbo Fisher talks fast. He's the fastest talk in West Virginia. I'm I'm a fast talk in West Virginia for the coal mine. What are you doing? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, So there's that. So I don't know that A&M's unbeatable. Uh, I think Clemson's going to be as good as Clemson's offense can take them. I think their defense is elite. Uh, but unlike last year where South Carolina just had no shot, you know, no. Uh, you know, Clemson, you know, Carolina's got some players that can match up, right? He's got to go up there and do it. Now, Carolina's uh, got a veteran offensive line, um, you know, and I think I'm not, you know, I was talking to a Clemson buddy of mine last night and he was just like, we were talking, he's like, man, some, some folks tell me that South Carolina's defensive line's better than Clemson's. And I'm like, I know. Uh, mm. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, are we talking about when Clemson's healthy? You know, or, or, or what? <laughs> you know, um, and, and I don't, you know, I wouldn't dare say that the, the Carolina offensive line somehow matches up with it. But if you're going to play a team with an elite defensive line, you want an offensive line that's that's played a lot of ball. And right. and and truth be told, guys, in 2018, Carolina went up there with a lot of these same guys. Uh, I mean, these guys are old, man. Uh, I used to joke around about like uh, in the seventies or the nineties, there was a defensive back named Lee Wiggins that played for Carolina. Uh, and, and me and my friend used to joke that, that Wiggins was there for like, he, he's been here since the eighties, you know, it just seems like he, I thought he graduated, you know, uh, some of these guys are like that now, but they actually were there in the eighties, but uh, it, it's, uh, you know, 2018 Clemson, a lot of all Americans, uh, 
the protection held up for Bentley that night. And obviously Carolina, big game uh, on offense. But, you know, some of my Clemson fans say they were – Clemson was just sandbagging, waiting for Alabama. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Luring, out, <laughs> luring Alabama into the trap, you know. So, anyway, <laughs> I, I think that's uh, – that's the deal there. So I don't, I don't know that there's any games where I just go no shot. You know, there are games I say underdog, but no. Not, not no shot. So that's uh, that's kind of the deal there. So now You got a go. puncher's chance in all of them, you know. I mean, you just got to put it together, call the right game, have the right personnel on the field, and, you know, mm, none it, of these are automatic losses. Yeah, and, and go from there. I, I think that, you know, that that's the deal there. So that I just wanted to say that because, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking. I think I've read too many times. Well, there's no chance to win this one. I, there's a chance to win every one of them. Now, there's a chance to lose about eight of them or nine of them. Right. Here, right? <laughs> you know, it, it could go either way. It could go uh, either way uh, completely. All right. So we do have still Phil. Mm-hmm. Still Phil. Phil Steele, uh, Steel, uh, Steel. um, <laughs> the uh, I help consulting mailbag. Now there's two ways to get into the mailbag. First and foremost, uh, you can email inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com uh, or you can tweet to us at the big spur pod. I think we're streaming on Twitter right now and uh, yes, sir. YouTube and Facebook, but you, you tweet at us. We'll get, um, we'll get everybody rocking and rolling uh, off of Twitter uh, so that's good right there. Um, Gamecock Pastor uh, comes in off the tweet line. The, we could call the, the the cock box on the on the on the on the on the chat line, and then the tweet. Uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out there. The cock box. That, we'll workshop that, that, it. That sounds. <laughs> we, we need to workshop that. Okay, yeah. right, let's workshop that. Uh, outstanding. Um, uh, Gamecock Pastor said a little time off today, and coincidentally landed on the premiere of the Big Spur Pod, the show. Uh, and so, yeah, so at the Big Spur Pod is our Twitter account, by the way. So if you want to get in on that, that's fine. Uh, pretty Ricky <laughs> or Gamecock Ricky says, JC's impression of Augusta Road people in Greenville is just great. Oh, thank you, Carruthers. I was uh, going to put the uh, Carruthers line in the opener, too. I was like, hey, we already got a gym. <laughs> uh, he said, love the Noah Whiteside shout out for Greenville High. Don't forget Gamecock great Nathan Pepper. How could I forget wow. uh, uh, Nathan Pepper? Uh, honestly, you know, and I'll never forget Nathan Pepper in the uh, Clemson game in Poor, poor guy, poor guy could have ended up being a goat, you know, for that play. Uh, and it wasn't his fault. They, you know, so Nathan Pepper picks off Will Proctor midair. And this is after Clemson's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jock McKissick had done that to Blake Mitchell in the first half. Mm-hmm. So he's running for a pick six. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Clemson guy chases him down, knocks it out of his hand. And so that was not. Uh, a touchdown, which is an easy pick six, it seemed. Uh, Carolina obviously ended up winning the game 31-28 on this field goal, but had they not won, that would have been a bad a bad deal uh, for Mr. Nathan Pepper. But, yeah, up there, the Augusta Road area of Greenville. Uh, Phil knows where it's at. And, uh, That's right, the wine and uh, cheese crowd up here. Yeah, I've, uh, <laughs> I've lived uh, – I, I lived right there in some condos near the uh, – near the uh, – yeah, yeah, Serene. Yeah, yeah, Serene, and then the hospital. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I need to. I, I don't need to look at my phone while I'm doing this. It's embarrassing. Uh, 
But anyway, uh, so, so that's that's the deal there. So we appreciate that. Again, I help consulting mailbag. Uh, we'll take one. We got one here, and then we'll we'll have you know we're going to spread the mailbag out across uh, two hours of the show. It, it won't be a segment anymore. It'll just be hey mailbag time. You know, oh, let's mm-hmm. go to the mailbag. It's like oh, it's a you know it's like that. Uh, you know, the, who's the Mr. McFeely from the post office for Mr. Rogers? Yes, right. We should it's have Mr. <laughs> Mr. McFeely should be there and like just be like, we should have a graphic of him going, Hi guys. Yeah. I help consulting mailbag. Ding. Hi guys. I don't know. Uh, we're taking all suggestions here. Um, okay. So uh, this comes in from all the way from Australia. You were talking about oh, you're from Australia, you know, right. from Brisbane, Australia. Uh, Timothy, uh, he says, Good day, JC and Phil. <laughs> this is awesome. You, you just got to love it when they uh, good day. Oh, good day, mate. You know, <laughs> he's like, Looking forward to the daily show. It will be hard to tune into the live show with the time difference here in Brisbane, but I'll keep up to date with the pod on the morning commute. One question I wanted to ask my fiance and I are about to have our first child. I'll be taking extended time off work when the baby comes and hopefully we'll read a couple of books in between all the crying and diaper changing, et cetera. Do you have any recommendations for any books about South Carolina football, SEC football, or college football in general? The only one I can find is Dixieland Delight by Clay Travis. Do you have any other suggestions? Can't wait for football season to start up, uh, to start. And then he says, up the cocks. Up the cocks. Maybe is that I guess that's an Australian thing. It says cheers. So oh up they say that like oh oh up the fighting lines or whatever. Oh up lines. Is that what they say in Australia? Up something. I, I, I am not sure. Uh, oh, my favorite uh, Australian saying is no worries, mate. <laughs> no worries, mate. No worries, mate. Mine is a uh, me Subaru outback. I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, that's me Subaru Outback. <laughs> me Subaru Outback. Oh, here we go, me Subaru. That's not a knife. That's a knife. <laughs> a I'm a, uh, Australian people probably hate me. because right, like, yeah, yeah, before we, yeah, before we defame the entire yeah, country. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> it takes me right around here with a bunch of uh, crocs and pan- kangaroos and, and just say day and ride me Subaru Outback. And, you know, that's not a knife. J- the J.C. Sherbert, we don't like him. Uh, we don't like him at all. Um, okay, so Tim, I've actually got uh, one of my uh, very talented members of the bigspur.com uh, has written a book about Carolina football uh, that I like. Uh, and I will, if you send me your address, it may not get all the way around the world. Uh, it may cost me $100 to send it. <laughs> uh, and, you know, It may take a while with the, the supply chains. I will mail you a copy of that. Uh, if you're looking for more Gamecock books, I would also highly recommend Bob Fulton's book. It's called Hi, Everyone. It's Bob Fulton. It just kind of takes you through that period where he called the games. Uh, Hi, everybody. This is Bob Fulton. You know, that, that was that's how I kind of got hooked with the Gamecocks was uh, I used to listen to Bob Fulton call the games on the radio. And he goes back and uh, it kind of ends at the Brad Scott era on a uh, – on a moment of hope because, uh, you know, his last year, Bob's last year calling the games was Brad, where Brad Scott was Brad, Brad Scott's first year. That was the first winning bowl uh, team to win a bowl in school history, right? In 1994, 
So that kind of shows you, you know, there's a hundred years there where <laughs> they, they, <laughs> things weren't all that good. And, and I tell people that all the time. I was like, well, the last 30 in the SEC have been tough, but they were nothing like the first hundred, you know, I, that, that, that completely was terrible. Um, but uh, Bob goes back and, and, and talks about the Frank McGuire era in basketball, uh, all that. And, and it really gives you a good historical uh, perspective uh, of it. And then, you know, uh, college football books in general. I, I tell you, I love Steve Spurrier's book that he wrote yeah, shortly yeah. after retiring. Uh, Life of the Head Ball Coach. I think it's what it's called. It's, just, it's the only one he's written. It starts off, the, the first chapter is, A Good Day to Fire Myself. <laughs> and it talks about his last day at Carolina. It's just classic Spurrier. I, I just knew that, you know, shoot, I was done. I, I, things started going bad. I was just going to get out. So I, I went there normally. And it, it's just surreal, like, how that day went for him. Uh, Cause he got there, uh, got the went to the gym, worked out, got a shower. He's like, I went upstairs and quit my job. So I was like, wow, that's a, that's classic. He did it his way, you know, but um, I would, I would highly recommend that as far as books about college football. And if you love the Gamecocks uh, in general, Luna Holtz's books were really good. Nick Saban, anything you can read about Nick Saban uh, is good. Even though it, uh, it you know, he, he gets pissed off about it, you know, uh, I, I think all that's really good stuff as far as college football goes, uh, as far as books. All right, that is uh, from the iHealth Consulting uh, mailbag, and we appreciate iHealth Consulting for continuing on um, as part of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Okay, um, back to, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of have an interactive show. Uh, today, I guess, <laughs> back to the, the, the Nana's porch uh, chat line. Um, Rodney has, JC, do you think the bowl game was fool's gold? Because our offensive coordinator had a couple of weeks to prepare, and now he has to prepare week to week. Uh, my opinion, and I told Tony that Kitchens, Freddie Kitchens, was hired to help the offense. What do you think? Uh, as far as Freddie Kitchens goes, yeah, I, I think, you know, you have a guy that has called plays in the NFL – that's not easy. Um, you have a guy that knows ball, that knows offensive ball. That's not easy uh, to get that kind of knowledge, right? Uh, and he's going to analyze. An analyst's job is to coach the coaches. And so, yeah, I think he was definitely hired to put an extra set of eyes on there and to, to, to kind of help with concepts and, and things like that. You know, Jody Wright, who's the new tight ends coach, came in from the NFL too. And, and they're, they're probably going to be all on the same page. Uh, as a staff, um, I, I'm not so like, okay, look, you know, the, I, I was critical of Marcus Satterfield last year, no doubt. Um, and I think he's got a lot to prove as an OC, right? Uh, but there's also the reality in the school of thought that they didn't have quarterback and they didn't have this, they didn't have that. They didn't have that. There are too many weapons this year to not have a good offense, right? It's not always going to be perfect because you face elite defenses in this league, right? I mean, some of the best offenses get shut down from time to time. Um, do I think the bowl game was fool's gold? No, I, I think that uh, that game, even though he had time to prepare, if you look at it, Rodney, uh, yeah, the, you know, DeCarry and Joyner drops back to pass and slings it down the field and people don't, you know, necessarily see Joyner throwing the ball. Uh, but that play is not something that hasn't been in the playbook. 
Um, that wasn't something that, that, in my opinion, they just installed. I've seen it before. Joiner had pressure and had to roll out. Uh, you know, so there's that. I know the second Jaheim Bell touchdown pass uh, is something they ran against East Carolina, and uh, Zeb missed him or, or one-hopped it or threw a pick or something, but Jaheim probably would have scored on that too. Uh, and then when you think about it too, Carolina, like, uh, Carolina, like, uh, you know, ran the ball up their behunkas like the whole second half. There, there was nothing fancy about about uh, Kevin Harris going off like that. So I'm not sure that, uh, you know, that was some kind of great trickeration. I, I thought in that game what, what was good was the, the line played very cohesive and together. Uh, and I thought the defensive line was outstanding. Uh, you know, you hold Sam Howell to like double-digit rushing yards, uh, against North Carolina, you're doing something. And, and I hear I, I hear over and over and over again how uh you know awful North Carolina's defense was, but they were a top 15, 10, 15 offense last year. And so that's uh that's the deal there. Um Brian says cock box was my nickname in high school. Solid dude, solid, real solid. <laughs> Uh, Rick goes, what do you think our record will be at the bye week? Well, the bye comes after Kentucky, so 6-0, and oh, man. <laughs> yeah, put it out there now. 6-0. Yeah. Oh. No, no. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I think if somehow Carolina can Titanic – you beat Arkansas and Georgia, and again, I'm not conceding any wins, uh, then you can – you basically are starting five and zero because you got SC State and Charlotte right after that, which hopefully they win those games, right? Uh, and then you go at Kentucky, and then that's the bye week, and then you got A and M. Um, it feels more like four and two, maybe four and two, five and one is probably a reasonable expectation. I, I think it's reasonable, yeah. And then, you know, you, you have three group of five teams, and then you go two and one. I guess Kentucky, Arkansas, Georgia. Two of those are on the road. You know, that's. That's fair. So yeah, it feels four and two, five and one, uh, maybe. Uh, hopefully not three and three. But it, 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 look, man, Carolina people people keep saying this over and over, um, and, and it has some truth depending on the scenario. I think the Carolina could be zero and three in the league uh, to start with, and zero yeah. and four with four close losses to good teams and be an improved team. I don't. I don't always buy that because I think good teams win and bad teams don't win. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, uh, you know, there's there, there's a there's a narrow case to be made for that. Thank you so much, Rick, for uh, tuning in, man. We've got uh, we've got uh, a lot more stuff. Uh, Dina uh, chimes in here on the text line for our friend in Australia. Says you ain't reading no new books as a new parent, homie. <laughs> you ain't reading no books. I'm sorry, I misspelled. Well, you ain't reading no books as a new parent, homie. <laughs> so, so thanks, D. Yeah, uh, love you, baby. <laughs> a good, hey, a good friend. Yeah, a good friend of mine and uh, Philip's wife, uh, Dina, uh, chiming in and, and all that. So, uh, yeah, okay. So there's more good stuff on the chat line, uh, Banana Sports chat line. Okay, and we appreciate. Uh, Cindy Searfoss for Colwell Banker Kane, uh, realtor in Greenville, sponsoring hour number one. We are about to have our first hour, top of the hour break. So, Phil, uh, take her away. 
Uh, and we'll be we'll be right back here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope's State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, Tony Pope State Farm Insurance. Uh, You're going to be hearing Tony Pope's name a lot. Uh, And I just want to encourage everyone out there that's in North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. Tony is a tri-state state farm agent. Can write it in any state. Um, and uh, we, we certainly appreciate his sponsorship. So going to get back to the uh, Nanosports chat line here in a second, plus the iHelp Consulting mailbag continues uh, to rock and roll. And uh, Phil, uh, you know, I saw uh, – an article on Sports Illustrated. Uh, Tommy Tuberville, who is now a United States Senator, for those of you that don't know, <laughs> uh, from Alabama. Uh, we're going to have Tommy Tuberville and maybe Herschel Walker in the United States Senate here pretty soon. Um, one funny thing about Tom, Tommy Tuberville is his ears, you know, and uh, like uh, uh, there's a show in Atlanta I was listening to when uh, Tommy was at uh, at Auburn. And they're like, you know, don't talk about Tommy Tuberville in his ears. Is he going to get his feeling? And they're like, shh, he'll hear you. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought that was funny. Um, Also, uh, yeah, and so Tuberville's out there. You know, so apparently he and Joe Manchin, there's a senator whose name has been in the news a lot, Democrat (laughs) from West Virginia, uh, probably a fast-talking West Virginian like Jimbo, right? Probably so. <laughs> um, and uh, Manchin and he are working on an NIL bill for college sports. Uh, I think this has about as much of a chance as becoming law as if I wanted to um, designate my dog's birthday a federal holiday, Phil. <laughs> I, I, I just, you know, I, I just, you know, what are they going to do? I mean, and even the article is like very vague uh, mm-hmm. as far as, well, we just want to make sure who's given the money and what's given the money. We're not going to limit the money. I'm like, well, you know, if you're interested in competitive balance, you're going to have to put some kind of guardrails on it because some schools are going to do one thing. Some schools are going to do another. So I just, uh, it's just one of those things, Phil. I I, I just, I, I, I think that, that I, you know, I, I just don't think this has a good shot of, of, of being the answer there. Uh, despite, you know, what I think are Tommy Tuberville's best intentions. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and, and the only reason they're having to get involved is because the NCAA divorced themselves of all of it from the start, which is what created this Wild West yeah. that we've got now. So. <laughs> and yeah. then, of course, now that nobody's doing something, somebody's got to do something, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, you got to do something. Got to be starting something. Got to be starting something. You know, I don't know, man. It's just, it's crazy to me. And, yeah, the NCAA 
is the most feckless, worthless organization on the planet. And I'm I, and look, I've always kind of you know laughed at them a little bit because honestly, you know, in my business, you know, they ran around 15 years ago acting like Rivals.com was the worst thing that could ever happen to the sport, right? Uh, which is, you know, sites like Rivals and things like that are lots of fun and commonplace and actually are, are legit news outlets. You know, it's where people get their information and news these days, and the NCAA missed that. So they, they, they thought they did everything they could uh, to make life really difficult on, on anybody that covered recruiting. Because they can't monetize recruiting, right? They can't. They don't know how to make money on it, so they're like, "Yeah, we're gonna hate on it and whatever." Um, and so I've had my issues with them for a while, but I'm also not one of these people that's just gonna sit there and bash an organization because it's the NCAA, right? It, it, it's not. Um, it's just not something I'm going to do. Uh, but the reality is. They deserve it <laughs> right now. Uh, You're you asking know, for it. Based on this, all right, so, so here's the NCAA, man. It's like uh, they have this transformation committee, right, and all this other stuff. And uh, it's like you're like, you know, okay, well, they're going to help, you know, usher in some common sense and, you know, have some things that, uh, you know, people like uh, to uh, – you know, that they can get behind and, and enjoy for the goodness of the sport. Uh, and you think that, well, here, here's the first transformation committee's idea. Their first idea. First idea. Hey, hey, oh, there's smoke coming out of the house. Go get the committee. Hey, <laughs> hey. Assemble the committee. <laughs> somebody, somebody blows a big horn. And they, they walk out and they open, they, they open, they scroll like so, you know. Yeah, and they, half of them crawled out from under rocks. Yeah, and they're, yeah, they're like, they're, they're like, yeah, you know. Anyway, so their big, their big idea was, hey, in the transfer portal, let's just let everybody transfer as the whenever the hell they want, whatever the hell they want, uh, as many times as they want. Like, hey, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> It's Since like a frustrated my, parent, you know, when your kids just, you know, don't listen anymore. They're like, you know, hey, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, says, send smoke up the chimney until they blow the horn and we can proclaim this. Uh, and and, it, and it went, they, they sent it back to the committee, right? They sent it back uh, and, and they tabled it for now. And I just knocked over my coke all over everything. Oh, boy. Uh, live broadcast, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, so they sent it back to the committee. Right. And uh, and they tabled it. But I just I don't understand, like, what planet anyone was living on uh, where they decided that's the answer with everything facing college sports. Phil, I, I don't get it. No, no, it doesn't make any sense. I just it, and it's not even like you can't even kind of feel any direction whatsoever from what's coming from the NCAA. I mean, it's just, like I said, they just thrown their hands up and they're like, you know what? Y'all figure it out. They put on a hell of a basketball tournament. Yeah. That's, that's about it. You know, now, now, that, that, now that's the one thing when you, when you talk about the, um, some of the reforms that I've been hearing uh, with, with Greg, you know, from Greg Sankey and, and all that good stuff, or, or they talk about Sankey doing it. He may be a boogeyman the situation to be honest however uh i do think that um 
you know, when you when when you when you hear rumors of basketball and the NCAA tournament going away, right? Where it's just the power fives or whoever. To me, that would be a that's not that that would ruin the people talk about what's going to ruin the sport. That would ruin college basketball's postseason to me forever. Yeah. Because the, the the fun part of it, you know, uh, and Phil, I've, I think I've hung out with you at a March Madness party or two, right? Uh, <laughs> or it, it, there's never any March Madness party. It's an all-day drinking extravaganza. Ex- <laughs> right. it's, it's a day drinking situation. We know that. Everybody knows that. You, you guys know that on the Nana Sports chat line. Don't, 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 don't tell me. Um, and uh, so th- that's the deal there is, it, you know, I don't, I think they have to be careful about being too anti-NCAA and breaking off into another division or whatever when it comes to other sports. Because, you know, right. like, like like I'm saying, you know, I'm sitting there this year, the South Dakota State Jackrabbits are playing, right? Uh, somebody. I, I don't I don't think the Jackrabbits won. But man, I was like, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna order some some Jackrabbits gear. And I did, you know, <laughs> and I, I've got a, a Jackrabbits long sleeve tee, right? And, uh, you know, things like that, um, I think people would miss uh, tremendously. I mean, oh, yeah, well, well, who doesn't like major jump up and beat somebody? You know, I yeah. mean, it's like, go it's underdog. What, it's what makes, <laughs> makes it fun, you know. I mean, and look, when South Carolina went to the Final Four, obviously Carolina was kind of the underdog, and, you know, everybody got behind them. But that's also an SEC athletic program you know and right. like uh you know auburn went a couple of years ago they were kind of the darlings or whatever but nobody gets behind uh south carolina like they got behind st peter's this past year where they mm-hmm. went all the way to the elite eight right mm-hmm. uh and so uh you know I, I i think they have to be very careful with that particular um particular uh you know amount of I guess breaking off the top uh, divisions because I, I would hate to see the uh, NCAA tournament just go completely away, Phil. Oh yeah, I mean that it, it in really its current form. Right. Yeah, yeah, no, it would, it would. Mm-hmm. Even though they keep expanding it and <laughs> trying, it's hard to figure out with sixty-eight teams right now, or or even how it gets seated, or we'll, we'll get into that, you know, later on. <laughs> yeah, 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 you've also you got the the secret the 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 committee and you know they're kind of. They get vilified, you know, all the time and, and all that good stuff. Uh, so I, uh, you know, it, it, it's funny. I, I like, I, but I like that drama, you know. And I, I kind of, uh, even though it worked against South Carolina badly in uh, Frank Martin the year before he we went to the Final Four, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I don't know what we do without that. You know, just to be honest, it's just kind of, uh, just just kind of one of those things. Um, also, uh, our number two. Uh, I should have said this at the top of the hour, uh, is uh, brought to you by uh, my good friend, Adam Bergeson. Uh, If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property in South Carolina, the Bergeson team of REMAX at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Both proud Gamecocks, Adam and Derek Bergeson, will be happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs across the state. Now, we got Cindy for residential in the upstate, right? Uh, but these guys are commercial, so multifamily property, uh, all that good stuff, commercial real estate, uh, Adam Bergeson, 
uh, at Remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at Remax, R-E-M-A-X.net. You can get your next deal underway right now. Remax at the Lake, uh, proud sponsors, uh, the Bergeson team at Remax at the Lake, uh, proud sponsors of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. And we'll be talking uh, a lot about them, and uh, you'll hear their ads uh, throughout the show. They've got the second hour. Uh, so got we got real estate on both sides, Phil. How about that? Oh, well, you know, it's booming down here, so <laughs> it's only fitting, sir. Real, real estate's booming. Yeah, it's good. It's, 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 a, it's a boom town, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, when, I, uh, when I'm in Chicago, it, it's, it's, uh, it's not a boom town. <laughs> it, it's not a boom town at all. All right, uh, back to the IHL Consulting Mailbag. And uh, this is going to be pretty fun to talk about. Uh, Mitch says, I've got a recruiting question for you. What's up with the first welcome home from January? Why hasn't that been revealed? Are they still committed? Not asking for you to reveal the name, but just wondering what's up there. Looking forward to you guys' show and upcoming football season. Thanks. Thanks, Mitch. I appreciate that. Uh, pop it into the iHealth Consulting Mailbag. Again, inside the Gamecocks at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at the Big Spur Pod to get into the mailbag. Well, I'll say this. You're probably going to find out about that first welcome home in the near future. Uh, and and I, I, I can, you know, I know the near future is very vague, Phil. Like, like you can say <laughs> the, the near future could be 2024, you know, it could be, it could be in, in a couple hours. It could be when I, no, uh, uh, I think, I think you're going to find out about it in the near future. And I think, uh, It'll all make sense then. Uh, I'll just say this. Uh, the guy I still think going to be part of the Carolina recruiting class. Um, no. And that's all I can get into right now because well, you kind of, you're kind of sworn to secrecy on those welcome homes. But I do think it'll be a guy that uh, is a good player. You guys will like and be excited about landing. Uh, so it's Well, just, we've waited so long. It should be a hell of a video. Yeah, I mean, it should be like <laughs> epic. There, there needs to be like uh, – uh, you know, special effects and che- Chewbacca needs to jump out. You got to yeah. put Chewbacca in it somehow. We could throw, Mi- <laughs> throw Mr. <laughs> Mr. McFeely can make a, he can be in it or something. You know, we you th- throw Mr. McFeely a little, uh, a little love there. But, uh, you know, I, so I, 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 I know it's, it's weird now. I mean, in addition to all the other weirdness as far as covering college football and recruiting and everything like that, Phil, uh, Shane Beamer does a little different. He does, she does, uh, she does, um, or she, she uh, I, I was, I glanced at my screen here and, uh, Meredith Taylor, a former game yeah. golfer, who's one of our sponsors, her, her, I stared right at her name when I said, she, she, Shane, blah, 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 blah. anyway, uh, it's, uh, you know, so he does things a little different, you know, he'll tweet out the welcome home when they commit to him and, that's kind of a uh, a bond, you know. Uh, but then the kid gets to announce it publicly whenever he wants. Now, you know, Muschamp did the Spurs up, but they didn't do the Spurs up until the kid was ready to go public. Yeah, it was public. Uh, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. say so, uh, yeah, yeah, the Spurs, the hashtag Spurs up with a, and he put an exclamation point at the end of the hashtag. So you, 
the hashtag really didn't work. If you if you put the exclamation point on it when he <laughs> in like Instagram or something, I was like, it, 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 when Muschamp would tweet Spurs up, it was like the most cattywampus, weird looking thing on the on the hash, as far as a hashtag goes. Uh, I, I'll say Shane's probably got better hashtag game than than, than Will. Oh, yeah, definitely better social yeah. game. Yeah. Now, now, I guess Will's wife came up with Spurs up though, and so it was like Spurs up. You know, people still say Spurs up, but um. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I I I don't you know I don't know how I feel about Spurs up. I I, I thought it was cool for a while, and, you know. But anyway, so Shane uh, Shane does the welcome home, and and so it's to, it's different than how it used to be, where you know, like Muschamp tweets the Spurs up. If, if you don't have it within thirty minutes, you're I'm sweating bullets here. One people are rioting on the website and stuff. So now, but now we have these nice long waits. You know, and, and it almost is it's fun in a way, Phil, because it gives you something to kind of talk about and speculate on. And people create spreadsheets and stuff now. They're like, this day did this and this day did that. I mean, we almost need the big spur almost needs like a tracker for that. But um, people just love the anticipation. The anticipation. <laughs> it gives us something to talk about. But uh, I think that, um, you know, I, I, I do think that. Uh, you know, as far as that one particular uh, welcome home goes, the Gamecocks are going to be uh, in good shape, and and I'm I'm happy because I feel like I'm not going to be a, I'm not going to have to address questions about it uh, for very much longer, and that right. makes me makes me smile because it has been long, man. January is like, ah, uh, shoot, we're 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 in August, right? So we're eight <laughs> months. Eight months, you know, uh, away uh, from that. So that's a long time. But I think you guys will be happy. I think you guys are going to be happy with some other recruiting stuff, too. We're going to get into that soon. Um, don't don't be alarmed if you're maybe going, wow, is this just going to be JC talking to Phil all day uh, on the show? Don't be <laughs> alarmed. We've got some guests being lined up. The media day thing kind of threw us off today uh because the me we were gonna have uh some media on, on the on the show right uh and but they're out at the, at the stadium uh probably sweating in 100 degree weather or whatever um but uh you know i i, I do think that uh you know I, I do think you know you guys will be happy you listeners are out there uh with the uh different guests we have and stuff like that i know i did not do a lot of guests on the the standard podcast version uh, but we're definitely doing guests now because we I can't talk for two hours about this. Oh yeah, we're gonna grow and fill this thing out. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I can't talk for two hours. So uh so it's beautiful like that. But you know, getting back to the Tuberville thing with NIL, um uh, I yeah, I, you know, maybe if there's a change in political party uh who controls Congress uh and they can get Biden to sign it soon, uh Maybe they could do some sort of guardrails, but you know the, the two parties actually, in and of themselves. And I'm not trying to get political here, but they have different goals. You you, you have one side that just kind of wants to save the sport as it is, and, and and you know that's more concerned about things like competitive balance and amateurism and all that. And then you got another side that wants player unions and full time pay, and and you know it's a it's a labor dispute thing. Uh, for them so uh that's uh that's a kind of a weird weird deal there lance player on the nana sports chat line shout out to lance 
Because, mm-hmm. Phil, when we first turned this thing on the other day, uh, you know, we had we, we didn't know if anybody's going to watch or not. It was our first dress rehearsal. First person in the Nana's Push chat box was Lance Player. And, and no, so way to go, know. man. Way to go. And uh, Brian, I'm sorry I skipped the question and read the corny joke. Hang on. I'll go back and try it. Can we yeah, find I got you. I got can you, you find uh, <laughs> so it's, it's right before he posted Cockbox was my nickname in high school? Yeah. Uh, it was a deeper right question because it's one that we haven't addressed, but everybody's talking about too, if I remember right. Yeah. yeah so, you know, that was way back. What? Uh, we're this way back here. Let's see. Yeah, it's way back. Oh, there so. we go. There we go, Brian. Uh, Brian says, in your opinion, is Rattler being slept on by most national level media? Everyone thinks he's horrible because he got benched for Williams, but I think people have forgotten how good he is. You know, I, I, I think he's got some things to prove. Um, you know, not necessarily based on his stats and his numbers and and, and the, the way he won games. Um, you know, I, I just think that offense at Oklahoma sputtered a bit and, you know, he wasn't able to get them going uh, last year. And they had very high expectations. There are people talking about Oklahoma – breaking through and winning the national championship last preseason. Yeah, right. Uh, largely because of Spencer Rattler. Um, and they kind of had a candy wampus deal going on with, uh, you know, the Tulane game got moved to Norman, and that was kind of a weird game and uh, all this uh, other stuff. So uh, I don't know, man. I, I You know, what happened last year, I, I, I think sometimes we've seen it in college football where you replace the, the guy that doesn't have – and I, I, I'm trying to kind of word this right because Rattler can run. He's just not a running guy like Caleb Williams uh, with a guy that's got big wheels um, and he sparks you, uh, and, you know, maybe Oklahoma or offensive line wasn't playing well. Maybe the receivers weren't, I don't know. Uh, all I know is when you watch him and you watch him throw the ball, he's got a good arm. Uh, I, I, you know, as far as what the national media thinks about him, uh, you know, like I said, we have Phil Steele on JC and Morgan, uh, and, and he can't, you know, he, he was talking about the quarterbacks in the SEC. He's like, they're impossible to rank one through 14. He's like, because yes, you got Bryce Young, the Heisman Trophy winner, but then you kind of start going like two through 14, and everybody's like, whoa, whoa, what, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? I don't know what to do. So, uh, so that's the thing there. So, I, you know, as far as me, I'll give the national media a pass for sleeping on him uh, in certain situations, uh, you know, because I, I think if Spencer Rattler goes out and plays to his potential this year, he, he'll be up toward the top of that list. Well, it's just uh, like our entire roster this season. It's like approach with caution. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, okay, we might have something here, but you know what? I'm not ready to say it's something yet. Yeah. Nana's Sports <laughs> chat line. Man, it's blowing up, dude. God. No, it's great. Uh, thank you. Okay, so WTS uh, says, anyone else wary of the L.A. Rams talk that's been circulating? <laughs> Sats infatuation uh, just keeps me unsettled with him. Hopefully Kitchens is a voice of reason. Uh, I, uh, 
hmm, yeah, you're going to hear some inaudible noises out of me on this <laughs> subject. I well, you think with Satterfield, though, okay, here, let's give him the benefit of the doubt, right, as we go into the season, because I was awfully yeah. critical of him, too, man. It was just, you know, was, I mean, and even my one of my test banners, you know, as I threw up here was Satterfield or Satterfield, but uh, Satterfield, uh, <laughs> I think there's a lot to be said, though, about having him come back again. I mean, how many of these players on the roster have had two consistent years of the same offensive coordinator and i think that goes a long way the seniority on the offensive line i think is another thing and it'll put it to the test right at the beginning i mean we're gonna we're gonna see whether or not it was just confusion or was the scheme off you know i mean if it looks like they don't know what they're doing in the first part of the season again then (laughs) <laughs> he's he's not going to be able to dodge a lot of that. <laughs> I've, I've always been too, man. Like uh, I've always been sort of, um, you know, of the opinion you, you don't run a pro style offense at South Carolina, and, right? You know, yeah. But my opinion on that has always been you can't like you you don't you don't run what Georgia runs at South Carolina. What Georgia's always run when they get in the, they get in the eye under center. Although you know. Would Mike Bobo have ended up being a successful OC at Carolina? Yeah, probably. Uh, but he also threw the ball around. You know, the the, 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 the I formation, 21 person, that, that kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Now, personal offenses, though, nowadays, a lot of them are unique and different. We're living in an age where Cliff Kingsbury is a head coach in the NFL. Runs straight air raid, right? You know? <laughs> and – uh Cliff well, if his quarterback will watch his film, right? Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of something. Cliff Kingsbury is the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, lives in Phoenix, Arizona, and is single. Man, I want his, I want his life. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine in, in that uh, – in that kind Phoenix, of money, that Phoenix, age. Arizona, yeah. God almighty. I forgot. I yeah, because see, I, you know, Arizona State is an awesome place in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of talent running around there, mm-hmm. and uh, it just hit me, you know, because you you think Arizona State, you think Sun Devils and those colors and the Scottsdale and all that, and uh, the Cardinals play out in Glendale, which is a basically a shopping mall, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, with a big toaster stadium on it, but you know, I guess I just put two and two together right now in this moment, Phil that Phoenix is near Scottsdale and Scottsdale near <laughs> Phoenix. And that dude is absolutely slaying it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, that that's kind of one of those things, um, you know, to, to deal, uh, to deal with, but I thought it was good. All right, Phil, uh, going to have you take us to break uh, and queue up if you can uh, both commercials. Yeah, we can do it. Uh, Got to take a a little bit of an extended break here uh, with both commercials and then come back and finish out uh, the first show here uh, of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Keep the chat line going, the Nana Sports chat line. Uh, Keep the stuff coming in uh, from the mailbag. Uh, We're having a blast here, and uh, don't you go away. We'll be right back after these messages. 
Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Does he take forever to call you back and respond to your request? Are you paying him good money to keep things working, but there are still constant problems, slowness, and other recurring issues? Are you worried he's not backing up and securing your network? And does your head hurt from having all these issues to deal with? If this describes you, please be sure to call my good friend Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital at 843-664-8989. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in safely securing and managing your business IT network. Whether you have one employee or 500, Heritage will make sure that your business isn't bogged down by IT issues impacting your security, productivity, and most importantly, your profits. Heritage Digital will perform a no-cost IT assessment and ask you all the right questions to make sure your IT network works correctly all the time, and it's for one low monthly fee. This is a turnkey solution, folks. And with clients from South Carolina to California, Heritage has you covered. So if you're sick and tired of the constant computer and network issues, call Matthew Odom of Heritage Digital today at 843-664-8989 and get rid of all the issues negatively impacting your business once and all and forever. 843-664-8989, heritagedigital.com. All right, we're back here. That's right. Thanks to mm-hmm. Heritage Digital. Uh, also, uh, again, uh, I want to tell you that uh, this hour is brought to you by the Bergeson team at Remax at the Lake. Uh, if you're looking to buy or sell multifamily property in the state of South Carolina, the Bergeson team is there to help and get you to closing fast and easy. Uh, both proud Gamecocks, Adam and Derek Bergeson, will be happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs across the state. So email Adam at A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at Remax, R-E-M-A-X dot net. And get your next deal underway. Like I said, you got Cindy there. We love Cindy, don't we, Phil? That's right. We love Cindy Searfoss. Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. Upstate and upstate if you want a house. Now, if you're looking to get some multifamily property anywhere in South Carolina, uh, you got the Bergeson team, and they sponsor the second hour uh, of our show here uh, on the inside the game. On the I keep I, can't, I gotta cut the V out, Phil, because it's inside the game the show rather mm-hmm. than here on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Um, uh, again, Nana's Porch Streamline, or, or I'm sorry, so, uh, chat line is, is this like uh, chat box, whatever. Cock you box. Know, the cock box here. <laughs> um, Craig says, happy first show. Uh, Marion uh, goes, talks about Bob Fulton. This is it's like I used, at least I like to hear Bob Fulton say sophomore. 
Yeah, because he would be like, Bob, Bob would be like, a sophomore. From sophomore. Yeah. Sophomore, you know. Uh, Craig also asked, JC, if we land Big Tree and McLeod, could that vault us into the top 12-ish? I, I, you know, uh, if I were sitting here recording this and it wasn't live, I could look it up right now on, on the uh, class calculator. I just hit that pause button, right? Mm-hmm. But we can't. Uh, so I haven't gotten on the class calculator. I, w- what I saw, like, with, with when you added Big Tree and Carmelo Taylor, it would bring them up into the 15 range-ish. Yeah. But I don't know who else everybody else has gotten uh, as far as any. And, and for those of you that don't know, Craig's talking about team recruiting rankings, um, you know, for the class of 2023. Uh, you had Big Tree, McLeod, and dare we say Desmond Yu. Izzy mm-hmm. uh, Alololo, I think is his name. I'm, I'm not going to try to butcher his name. I'm, 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 I'm going to let Todd Ellis uh, figure that one out. <laughs> another Todd one. Yeah, when, when it comes to Carolina. You start talking about that, it's probably close to the – it could be close to the top ten heading into the season, Phil. I I, I don't uh, – uh, and, and, again, all this depends on who else everybody gets. You have rankings going up and down. Uh, will Jaden Robinson leave the class and go to Florida? You know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of questions uh, to be answered. I think the good thing is it brings that blue chip ratio where you want it, where you've got – you know, more four stars than three, it, it, you know, kind of sets you up to doing it right. But going back to the earlier question, you know, are we going to be top 15? I think 15, you could say yes. And it all depends on who else, you know, goes where, but you know, 15 looks good with those two. (laughs) Yeah, uh, no Mm -hmm. doubt. Thanks Fred on on saying congratulations here. Nana's porch chat line. I want to go back to this Phil, because we, I, I left it before we went to break. Uh, my phone, my phone started blowing up at, at the Carolina Rise announcement that I'm working on. So, oh, all right, um, yeah, it's a, it, it's something else uh, that could happen today. Um, so, and by the way, whoever mentioned uh, on the chat line that Carolina is Carolina Rise a nonprofit? It is not a nonprofit, and no, you're not going to see the financials because <laughs> I think. I think I know like what team you pull for. So I'm like, uh, no, I mean, and you, you can, you can listen and chat with us all you want, buddy. I mean, you're welcome to be here, but uh, uh, I'm not going to, I'm not giving you anything, man. <laughs> you know? So anyway, you just uh, watch the results as they roll in. Yeah. Mr. Andrew says he's excited for us uh, and going to be seeing a lot more JC's face for better or worse. I think it's actually worse, you know? <laughs> I mean, I, I'm definitely with you there. I'm, I'm looking here, and I'm like, my cheeks are pudgy, and I'm all red. And, and, and oh, you look healthy. <laughs> very healthy. I haven't been missing any snacks lately, right? So uh, I, I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I, I want to get back to the Rams thing, and, and, and I want to kind of address this because I kind of left off with modern pro-style offenses are similar to colleges. Uh the Rams specifically, okay, what I do like about it is uh, the creative ways they run the ball. Uh, they run a lot of outside zone. There are a lot, a lot of what's called duo, which I like because they run play. Uh, I, I worry about when you read up on anything uh, Sean McVay does, the Rams, the blocking scheme is a little bit cattywampus. They like to get horizontal. I don't know that the guys they have on the roster right now in South Carolina 
I don't want to say are capable of that, but I, I want to say that's not their game. I mean, th- those guys are, are much better when you just say you line up and, and as much as you used to say, put a hat on a hat and hit somebody, you know, more like road graders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that, that's, uh, and, and, and then what the things Bobo was doing in the run game, I thought they really excelled in. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, nobody, but nobody really played defense in 2020 anyway, but uh, so who knows? <laughs> but uh, that's, that's the concern is I think the more complex you make it up front, the more disaster can strike. And the, the, the Rams, I, I don't know that they're overly complex up front, but they do have a lot of horizontal stuff and, you know, back, zone read kind of, not zone read, but a, a back read kind of stuff. And, and that worries me. Um, now, you want to talk about their passing game <laughs> uh, and the way they use their personnel in the passing game. Uh, I love it. Uh, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think that's great for Carolina. Uh, for what they need. So, uh, you, you know, it's crazy, Phil. Like, I, I've told everybody under the sun that we're launching this today that knows me, I think. And yet, <laughs> my phone continues to ring. I'm like, I, I'll, I'll never, every, I'm telling everybody I know. Uh, my, my, my dear old mother just called. I'm like, Mom, start to stream every day this week. You know, that's right, right here. <laughs> called twice during the, uh, well, since we've been streaming here. Anyway, that's fine. Hey, Marty. Yeah, <laughs> I, I obviously didn't answer that one. So, um, so the Rams thing is a little bit weird, you know. I, I I I cringed a little when I heard that too. But hey, look, I, I told myself after the bowl and it was decided that they're gonna have another yeah. year of Satterball, uh, you know, sat ball, you know. I, I, I said, Well, shoot, give him a shot. And uh, I think he's re- it's amazing because you know that I, I thought his coaching performance last year was left a lot to be desired. And I thought obviously the offensive line struggled last year. Yes. So you, you look at how Marcus Satterfield and Greg Satter and Greg Atkins recruit. Uh, they, 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 they probably got two of the, I mean, they're recruiting their asses off, man. They're I mean, selling like, a hell of a picture, you know, yeah, it's, like, it's like, it's like, wow, dude, you know, so that's, uh, that's good. And, uh, you know, and by the way, Frederick Cooper says, uh, I think Kyle Shanahan does a better job being creative in the run game. I agree with you uh, yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah. I, I, I'd feel all right with a Shanahan style offense, you know, if it was Shanahan versus uh, versus the Rams. But you know, then you hear you, you talk about the Rams, and everybody talks about the Rams, right? And it's like because uh, that buzzword was out there. Rattler said it, and but then, then you hear Satterfield talk, and it's uh, you know, we're going to use Jaheim Bell like the 49ers use Debo Samuel. Yeah, so he's talking yeah, Shanahan style, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so as the wide, the wide back or whatever, um, you know, and, and all that. So, and Frederick also says this is the first time in a long time an offensive coordinator's back for a second year. That's true, and, and I think that's particularly Fred. Uh, may I call you Fred Frederick? I don't know it. <laughs> Frederick Fred. Uh, I think that's very important, Fred. Um, that. Uh, Said that, that that you know you, you you sort of have that continuity, and that's something about the O line last year too that I think got lost when you when you're talking about doing different types of things. You know they went from uh, they had the same coach with Eric Wolford, but Brian McClendon's offense very different from Mike Bobo's, especially blocking. Wise. Oh yeah, and then what Satterfield and Atkins were trying to do very different there, and I think it was kind of brain overload. Uh, for a while for some of those guys and 
that's why maybe they look confused. I mean, I, I don't think you should ever be in a position where your offensive line is confused, but I think if, if you have three different things in, in three years, maybe that's uh, tough for anybody. I, I don't know. So Taylor, yeah, that's Cock, the <laughs> Taylor's cock, uh, who, uh, from Taylor's right. And he's like, who, who's this other guy on with you? He doesn't talk much, you know, like that, that's Phil, man. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's my signature move, man. Yeah. <laughs> pro, pro Phil, but, uh, yeah, uh, so I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on there. All right, so uh, Ed Marion says he's had insurance with Tony Pope uh, for over ten years, and we certainly appreciate Tony Pope State Farm. Marion, thanks, thanks for, uh, thanks for patronizing him. Um, and I got one more question. I got one more question here off the uh, Nana's Porch chat line. He says, "I think Juju has a chance to be the number one guy, but nobody's talking about him." Am I crazy? I feel like Juju is better than Lloyd based on what we've seen. Uh, I certainly think last year Juju was more productive than Lloyd. Um, I think it sucks that Marshawn had Marshawn had terrible luck last year. Uh, if you think about it, Phil, it, 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 when you watch those, some of those games, Marshawn Lloyd breaks off a big run. He's getting going. And then the next play, some – somebody just misses a block or, or, or something like that. He gets racked. I mean, mm-hmm. he took outside of Lattimore in 2010 and, and Lattimore's career. Uh, I thought he took a lot of hard shots uh, during his career. Um, when Lloyd took more big shots, you know, per carry uh, than I think maybe Marcus did. Uh, at, at times uh, during his career. Uh, and, and it was weird because I, I don't think Kevin Harris and Zaquandre White and Juju got lit up as much as Marshawn. And then, you know, he's settling in. He's finally rocking and rolling um, in the bowl practices, and, and he tweaks a hamstring and doesn't play. Uh, I mean, we don't know what Marshawn Lloyd could have done in that game. I mean – I mean, they gave it to Kevin 31 times because, you know, it was a quandary wasn't out there. But, uh, you know, so I, I, I think that when you look at last year, obviously you're going to say Juju did a little better. Juju saved the day at East Carolina and, uh, you know, all that. What I think about Juju, though, I, I think how you saw him being used in the bowl, uh, and I mentioned outside zone when I was talking about the Rams, right? Juju is going to be really good on that outside zone play. Uh, when he hits the corner and goes, I think, I think that was how he scored the touchdown against North Carolina. I'd have to go back and look at the at the setup there. But you know, like second play of the game, they they threw him a pass, and uh, it, it was a it was counted as a run a run actually, um, and put him out in the in the uh, in the slot or whatever. So I think that um, you know I, I think that his role is going to be uh, bigger than it was last year. Uh, but as far as doing the things like Kevin Harris did last year or, or Lloyd's expected to do this year, or Bill Smith, uh, I, I think he's better served and, uh, you know, th- you're better served giving him juju and, and, and spurts. Uh, oh, yeah. and his, his talent is not as a power runner. I mean, you know, right. he's shifty, quick. It's, you know, get that on the edge and go. <laughs> yeah. Now, that doesn't mean you never, you never run him up between the tackles because uh, in the Florida game, um, he, they put him in that wildcat, and he went straight up the mm-hmm. middle. You know, uh, but I, I, I think Juju's going to be a, an elite return specialist, uh, kickoff. Yeah, returner. special teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, going to do a lot for this football team this year. And I kind of agree with you that that he's kind of the forgotten man. You know, I, I just, uh, you know, it's just one of those things. So, um, so we'll see sort of what it is. Mr. Andrew, Mr. Andrew says he puts his face in the fan and likes it. You <laughs> yeah. know? That's a must-haveism. He's got, he's, he's got a knee. He's got a knee. Um, I'll never forget the, the, the last Will Muschamp year, right? And, and look, full disclosure, I like the guy. I'll, I'll always like Will Muschamp. I, I think he's a good person. I got to know him while he's at uh, Carolina a little bit. And I've got to know him even better since he's been gone. And uh, just a good guy, you know, to, to cares about ball you know, cared about this program while he was there, just didn't work out, right? Uh, so if people are expecting me to, you know, put Muschamp's head on a platter here, I'm not going to do it. But I, I did I did share – now, I didn't share frustration, right? Because uh, it didn't frustrate me because I didn't have to deal with it. But I empathized uh, with uh, my, my crew at the Big Spur uh, with the press conferences that said nothing, uh, but, but coach jargon – and uh, and then the injury report, yeah, the smoke and mirrors injury reports. The smoke yeah, smoke and mirrors injury report. Oh, he's all right. He's yeah. What about this guy? You know, and we and, and knowing, you know, like and it wasn't it wasn't just oh well, we thought this guy was injured. Okay, so coach told us he wasn't. So I guess he's not. It was like this dude at practice had a plaster cast on his leg and propped up on a golf cart and had to be helped to the golf cart to begin with. We We're all hoping saw, he's going to be good. <laughs> we, we all saw it. You know, this looks serious. It, it looks like you know, somebody's been in a ski accident or something. Uh, and then you go in the, in the press conference. He's like, ah, just an ankle. He's got an ankle. <laughs> he's got an he's ankle. He does well, but it's in a plastic cast, plaster cast. Uh, and I'll never forget, like, okay, so uh, 2020 was tough to cover regardless because of the, the COVID and the pandemic and everything's on Zoom and, you know. Uh, and, and so, like, Xavier, like. <laughs> he just born, turned up. Xavier, like, yeah, just all of a sudden went away. Yeah, like, it's gone. Like, like, like <laughs> just, just went away and nobody asked him about, you know, I think he, they asked Will about him once. He's like, oh, he's still, yeah, he's, he's fine. He's fine. <laughs> And so we get we Muschamp gets fired. Uh, Bobo's coaching. You know, I think it's before the Missouri game, right? His first game, and they ask him, and, and, and Bobo goes, "They're like, well, what about you know?" It's kind of like everybody all of a sudden realized, "Where's Xavier Leggett been?" You know, and what about Xavier Leggett? You know, because and, and the receivers on that team left, as a whole left a lot to be desired. So I think people just assume, "Well, he's playing, just not catching any balls." Now, and uh, no. Mike Mike Bobo goes. I think Xavier's a really good player and he helped us a lot at the beginning of the year. But unfortunately, like six weeks ago, he had a season in he's, <laughs> he's out for the season. And I'm like, you know, I mean, and nobody knew. I mean, and so that, that was, I shared that frustration and all that with our, I empathized uh, with our fellow media members. Um, one thing before we wrap up with some recruiting talk, Maybe a little more from the uh, Nana's Porch chat line, chat box, whatever. I want to tell you about former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor, who is one of our sponsors. She's sponsoring our guest line here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Obviously, we've had no guests today, uh, so but she's a paying customer, so I'm, I'm going to read this. But this is exciting. Phil, 
Are you a golfer? I'm not, JC. No. Uh, -uh. Uh, I played with our buddy Skipper and our other buddy Joel. We, we, we played, we started with consistently played a little bit back in like Oh four, Oh two to Oh four. Oh, right. Uh, I was horrible. And so were the rest of those other two guys, but, uh, (laughs) Uh, you know, I needed help. I needed an instructor and, uh, I haven't played in 22 years, but when I moved back to South Carolina, I'm giving Meredith a call. Uh, she's a former Gamecock golfer and she's about to be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. She's going to be serving men, women, all ages, all skill levels. If you suck like me, if you're just looking to straighten out your swing, uh, even if you don't play like Phil, Phil wanted to go get some clubs and learn Meredith's here to help. She's competing in her final USGA mid amateur tournament this summer before going full on into teaching and coaching individuals. There's going to be several ways you can work with Meredith. If you're in South Carolina in the Midlands, she's going to be conducting in-person lessons at the country club of Lexington, half hour, one hour, or she'll take you on the course and play nine or 18 with you. That'll be awesome. Now, if you're out of state, this is really exciting. She's got some virtual lessons. You can send in your swings. You can analyze it for you. And then she's building out an online course that's launching in November for all skill levels. Video instruction uh, for Meredith's 20-plus years of knowledge. She's a former SEC golfer, et cetera, et cetera. We've got gift cards. Uh, I know that uh, my stepson, I'm going to try to teach him how to play golf. Uh, it'll be too cold in Chicago uh, in November to get out there and do it. And I'm not qualified anyway because I just admitted I sucked. So I'm going to probably sign him up for his online course and get his swing going because he's going to play uh, he's going to play uh, football and needs a sport to play in the offseason. So golf is great for him. Uh, plus all the 75-year-olds at the bar I go to, that's what they do every day. They're retired. They go play 18. They come to the bar. They watch golf. They bet on golf. I feel like an idiot hanging out with them sometimes because I'm terrible. So anyway, right. that's beside the point. This is a long commercial. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to tell you how to contact Meredith on Twitter at Mer Taylor, M-E-R Taylor. So at Mer Taylor, very good about responding. Uh, or for details, go to her website, www.mckellarenterprises.org. That's www.mckellarenterprises.org, M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, enterprises.org. Her email's there. You can email her right up. Big, big thanks to Meredith and Phil uh, on top of her awesomeness and and her, uh, you know, ability to make people that are terrible at golf good, <laughs> uh, we're going to have her on the show uh, as nice. a guest to, to talk yeah. golf. Uh, I'm going to have to learn a little bit about golf, you know, and, and how to talk about it and stuff like that to talk golf. And also the Gamecocks, big, big, big Gamecock fan. My man, Josh, uh, outstanding, uh, one of our great teachers in the state of South Carolina, uh, shout out to him. Just saw him pop in the uh, the uh, Nanosports chat box. Uh, so I want to say thanks to Josh. You know, Josh, I, I, I admire you more than uh, you'll ever know, buddy. You're a, you're a great guy uh, from back home in the upstate. So just good to see uh, Josh pop in there. All right, so we're going to wrap it up with what everybody really wants to talk about. They've been sitting here talking, you know, for an hour and 50 <laughs> minutes going, what about recruiting? Screaming at their, their phones and stuff. Um Okay, so, so so here's here's what I got, right? Um, I'll start with uh, something I reported yesterday on Xavier McLeod. Um, four-star D-tackle from Camden, in-state kid. Uh, and I talked about it on the show yesterday. Uh, I, I expect him to announce soon. 
I also expect him uh, to be a Gamecock as things stand today. I kind of went on a roller coaster a little bit about that, right, Phil? Because I uh, I heard some other information and anything, uh, yeah. and and, and, and I, you know, I never wavered with this guy. Uh, everybody was panicking because of what was on his social media, and I, I never wavered. Uh, and I think I got I got freaked out a little bit because I was like, you know, you don't want to never waver when, when, and ignore reality, right? Right. Uh, yeah. And, and it makes you look like a homer too because you're like, oh, he thought he was getting him, and he didn't. And, but I, <laughs> you I think I, you're I, getting I, them all. <laughs> yeah, I could, you know, if you want to talk about like a like players that I hope Carolina gets. Uh, uh, you know, in terms of do I think they're good players? I mean, like Carmelo Taylor is a guy I think I like a lot better than everybody else. So uh, I'm not I, I, I'm not living and dying with Xavier McLeod here. But, you know, so he's back uh, and uh, all that. And uh, I think uh, then the game council get him. Okay, so that's, that's, that's the one piece of news. The number two piece of news uh, is five-star Nick Harbour. Uh, from DC. Uh, yeah. I think everybody's always thought Carolina was in it. Uh, I get questions about him. Big old long offer list. Michigan's in the mix. Uh, probably they're the favorite right now. Uh, visited for the cookout. Loved it. Behind the scenes, you know, there's some momentum for Carolina there. Big tree. Mm-hmm. Uh, Babalade. Uh, I'm just going to call him. I don't, I, I can't. Uh, oh, with Tutson, I think I shoot. I'm not all of a Tosin, all of a Tosin, Babalade, big tree. Big, big tree, tree. Hey, big tree, big tree at the plate. Oh, hey, hi, hey, <laughs> there's a big tree here. Really. Hey, <laughs> shout out to Martha from Schaumburg, it's her birthday today. Get me a beer, uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> some big tree is gonna be a game cop. Hey. Yeah. Hey, how's that thing? You know, hey, this tree. You could do that with a south side hat on. <laughs> Believe me, you know, he uh, he covered the, he, he called the White Sox games for a while, I think. White Sox. At the but he's a guy. So anyway, uh, backing up on that, big tree, I think, will be a Gamecock. He's from that yeah. area. Uh, they've already got Zabari Sandy in the mix. Uh, and, and, you know, Harbor is a guy you're going to shoot your shot with. Let me tell you the really, I think, encouraging news right now. And um, I'm going to just say that sometimes other teams screw up and you got to take advantage of it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and and this this would be pretty big, folks. Uh, I We all know Carolina needs edge rushers, right? Uh, and I don't know that Nick Harbor is going to be a defensive end. I, I think a lot of people want him to be, but I also think that he may be a little more offensive-minded and be a tight end. I could care less. Uh, I actually think he needs to be a tight end if he can catch and run routes because those are called touchdowns. <laughs> and, and you score touchdowns to win the game, right? Like our, like Herm said at the beginning, you know, when Herm gets fired from Arizona State, uh, we need to just like we need to do a like a like a like a like a a disclaimer in the opener, you know. This minute, yeah, right. this minute was fired. That's um, right. So uh, anyway, so so when you when you look, this is exciting to me because Carolina needs 
edge players, right? Mm -hmm. And they got Montague Rames. It's not a big, bad year in state where there's a bunch of DNs or, or something, more tackles and stuff. I, I do think McLeod's uh, teammate at Camden High School, the 6'6 kid, is going to have a has a big upside. So there's that. Okay, so Desmond Umiozulu. I think I said that right. Desmond U. Right. Been thought. He's been thought to have been heavy-leaned Ohio State with Carolina second. Well, Ohio State's pissed him off somehow. Uh, and I don't know what it is. Uh, he made a big deal about it on Twitter. Uh, I hear behind the scenes now South Carolina feels like they can get him. Uh, he's 6'6". He's 239 pounds. All of those of you that uh, – I always got this when, when Muschamp or Beamer or whoever would sign a – a six foot two defensive end. And yes, sometimes there's really good six foot two defensive ends, right? Uh, you know, Eric Norwood was a good defensive end that wasn't, but people think about Clowney and Devin Taylor, yeah, right. the six five plus guy. Well, here's your, here you go. Here's your Montague Rames is six five, Desmond Umiazulu is six six. There you go. There, there are your bookends for yeah. this class, and I still think they could take some from the portal and you know, maybe have some surprises. That's the kid right now, Phil. You know, Nick Harbor would be great to get. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's oh, a five-star. Yeah. Top ten man. nationally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but as far as a guy that, you know, I mean, this guy's 165th in the country. He's a mid-four-star, right? This is the type of guy that goes to Ohio State and, that you know, the rankers really like. But they don't love, but then by the time his career is over, they do because he's a top 10 pick. Uh, right. And I've seen that with guys with this kind of build from this area in upper Mar in Maryland. He's from Maryland, from the D.C. area. I've seen this happen. This movie I have seen before. And trust me. So I think when you're looking at what is big, well, it's big to keep guys in state, obviously. What is, what is really big? Going and signing a freaking elite edge rusher from DC. <laughs> the default was going to Ohio State. That's mm -hmm. big. Um, and, and so look, man, you, you get, you know, I, I feel confident Big Tree is going to be a game cop, you know, Babalade. I, I kind of mm -hmm. like saying his last name, Babalade. Yeah, I like the Babalade. 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 But hey, Babalade's at the plate. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Hey, this bit looks like a big tree. Hey, you know. Um, I think they're getting him. They have Sandy. If they get Umiazulu and then dare I say Nick Harbor, that is a hell of a haul from the Washington, DC area. Mm -hmm. um, and people worry about recruiting in North Carolina right now. We'll talk about that on some, some shows down the road because we're almost out of time. Um uh and it's a challenge, but who cares if, if you can go, you know, one state up and, uh, and, and if they get Carmelo Taylor, that's like five, uh, with four, four star plus guys, uh, from Virginia North. So just alone. skip over, uh, skip over the Tar Heel state right now. But, uh, I, I think it's been a brilliant strategy to go up there, uh, to get involved with guys. You know, you have guys like, you know, schools like LSU come in there and, 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 Land guys, Alabama recruits up there. It's uh, it's tough to beat Ohio State. It's tough to beat Penn State. 
yeah. and in some cases Maryland. But really, those kids have proven they'll they'll go wherever, and they love the SEC. All right, Phil. Hey, first show is in the books, buddy. And it's been great. We will be back tomorrow. Uh, it'll be a little bit, uh, a little more bells and whistles and things like that as we keep adding to the show. Want to thank all of our sponsors. Uh, Want to thank those of you that jumped in on the Nana's Porch chat line. Um, and Nat Sullivan, my fiance, jumps in. So our late, our lady friends have both jumped in. Thank you. Uh, it just says I need a haircut. Uh, probably so. <laughs> oh. Uh, my, my, one of my uh, my favorite person from JB and Goldwater, Elizabeth Thompson, uh, jumps in uh, too. So thank you for coming in, Elizabeth. Can't wait for for you to be a part of it. Look, thank you guys so much for listening. Yes, thank you all. Uh, and we're gonna have um, we have a lot of fun here this football season, all this whole year uh, along. You you guys make it special and make it work. Uh, see another one of our ladies coming in there down at the bottom, Phil. Let's go in there. Here's Kelly. Hey, sis. Hey, sis. So, uh, all that good stuff. But uh, all right. So for Phil Mullinax, this is JC Sherbert. This has been Inside the Gamecocks, the show, the first episode. Thanks for tuning in. We'll holla at you tomorrow. I'll talk more recruiting, more Carolina football, getting into the SEC a little bit, uh, all that good stuff. All right. So uh, I, I don't know. It's kind of an awkward goodbye. I guess we need to come up with an outro, Phil. Uh, we'll like, figure it out. We'll yeah, we'll figure it out. It is just awkward. It's a kind of awkward gig. Uh, okay, well, bye. Uh, uh, bye. See you. All right. All right. Uh, see you guys. Uh, Phil Have and Jason.